I'm Nikki Jensen. And I'm Brie Piccone. And we're late, late to, to the, the party. party. Ah. So. So. Hey. Hey, Nick. Oh, my gosh. We are. This is, we're coming <laughs> to a stop. I know. It feels like graduation day. I feel like vitamin C's graduation needs to start playing or something. Yeah. You know? The school of Julia Roberts film. <laughs> yes. Our uh, education in Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is our final installment of Eat, Pray, Pod, A Summer of Julia Roberts. You know, America's Sweetheart. Yeah. This has been so much fun, by the way, just like watching, like, because some of these movies I had not seen, so it's like, it's been refreshing, you know? I know. Well, like, we're talking today about uh, the 2010 Film, movie, Ryan Murphy joint. Fine uh, art film. Art film, a tour de force, uh, eat, pray, love. And I've never seen it before. Same. I remember this movie just being marketed so hard, though, like, and being like, wow, this has got to be life changing because everyone has been talking about well, it. It was a book. book. The yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert book was huge. Right. And this movie, like, the trailer, which we, like, parody in our Eat, Pray, Pod mm-hmm. trailer, but it has Florence and the Machine Dog Days Are Over. Which was never actually in the movie. <sighs> we, we're going to have to talk about something. Like, the soundtrack in this movie, it's not what I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, like, had no clue it would go from, like, Bossa Nova to oh what neil young yeah and then to like an eddie vetter song at the end i i did not see that coming either i didn't either well do you just want to get into this sure like or do you have any pertinent news like uh, i'm thinking no (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i have any pertinent news do you no, I'm going to save my tongue because we're recording this out of order. So yeah. we're recording Eat, Pray, Love before we record a Cinderella story. So I'll talk about it in a Cinderella story episode. Mm-hmm. But like while we are filming this, Michelle Branch just got divorced and that whole saga of her like slapping and getting booked for domestic violence, the Black Keys drummer. So... Wait, are you saying we're not going to talk about we're that right now? We're not going to talk about it right now. I'm going to put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Because more could happen. More could happen. Just saying. I just have a lot to say. Okay. I also, to like circle back to a couple weeks ago, have you seen the Diet Coke cans? that The Kate Moss collab? No, I still have not seen these cans. I didn't realize the cans were different. They, yeah, they have a in like an etched black and white Kate Moss's gorgeous face. Oh, I thought she was just like holding up a Coke. Mm-hmm. What? Anyways. Well, so let me let me look at this. Yeah, look at those. That's on a brighter note. But I love a good like celebrity endorsement. Yeah. I mean, you know, we need something different than just the classic old Diet Coke aesthetic. Oh, okay. And it has like different patterns like mm-hmm. She can honestly from this angle in these photos. She kind of looks like Fergie. <laughs> I'm just saying, a little bit. She's I see what you mean. Vibes. But 
But like, I like the denim one. It's like denim across the bottom of the can. I wanted to say the booty of the can. I don't know why. The booty. Ooh, these photos, though, of like the campaign themselves are like pretty bomb. So cool. I love like the mirrors and her just in the denim because the, the denim. denim like evokes like Americana, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's only available in the UK. But I love what? this whole like Kate Moss, you know, spokeswoman for Diet Coke. Mm hmm. You know, but it's also like an homage to like America. I love because we dress up like as Americans, we dress up as other cultures so much mm-hmm. and like live that fantasy. But I love the the British Kate Moss's American fantasy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like her in this like leopard, this long leopard coat. That's kind of holding a Diet Coke. The red nails, the red Diet Coke letters. Love it. I also love how like the Diet Coke is not the center of that that No. Shot. Look at this. She is elevating Oof. the look with the gloves. Like it's a glamour shot. It is so good. And, and excuse me, she's like the creative ambassador for Diet Coke, not just a spokeswoman. Wow. Look at that. Look like she's having a pop up party. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty interesting though, like the only things like celebrity or like pop culture work on her the red couch. But like it's kind of funny when like the most in recent weeks that I've been like jazzed about, I'm like Michelle Branch slapping her man. <laughs> uh like and I'm like Kate Moss and Diet Coke. Yeah. And J Lo's Dunkin' Donuts order. There's a, the <laughs> Those only the things top. in my brain. <laughs> I'm like Cosmo from the Fairly Odd Parents. I love that. It's like elevator music as I just envision like you know, J-Lo. Getting that one donut hole. Getting the one munchkin. <laughs> I feel like she'd order an iced tea at Dunkin'. Oh, you think she'd go for the tea? Unsweetened? Yes. Unsweetened. I feel that in my heart. Hmm. Who's to say? Yeah. She's from the North, too. They don't do sweet tea up there, really. <laughs> Get back to us, J-Lo. I know. We could ask her in the newsletter. We could like write to her. You know, she responds to her fans. We could be like, if we really wanted to know, we'd be like, hey, what did you get at Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I did. Brie, you need to do that. Oh my God. If she responds, I would be so dead. I would like. You have to report back. Okay. I got to find a way to contact JLo about this. I got to put this in my to do list right now because I don't want to forget. It's so funny, too, that we just had like, because our birthdays are two weeks apart. And we had, like, a joint birthday dinner last night. Yeah. And we went to, like, like hibachi Japanese. And the dude called you Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Oh, what was I that like about? Was, like, How did he know? I was like, did you tell him something? Because, like, like, we – that was so strange. <laughs> yeah, he, like, looked at me and he was like, Jennifer Lopez. I, would, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> I don't look anything knows. like Jennifer Lopez. I wasn't even wearing anything – I just had a plain old orange shirt. He just had a feeling. Were you like doing the Cosmo from the Fairly Odd Parents elevator music, but it was like waiting for tonight? Waiting for tonight. Oh. Yeah. So all, like, as you like glaze, like have a stare. I definitely space. was waiting for the food. You know what I mean? So maybe. He was a wild card. So maybe he picked up on that frequency. Yeah. That's so wild. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I meant to mention that to you too. And then I forgot. No, I love it. Oh. Uh, well. 
do you want to discuss Eat, Pray, Love? Let's do it. Let's let's discuss. Okay. So, Eat, Pray, Love is a 2010 biographical romantic drama directed by Ryan Murphy and starring Julia Roberts as Elizabeth Gilbert and based on the popular 2006 memoir. Which I have a couple questions for you, Brie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, one, have you read Eat, Pray, Love? I have not. Same. I have tried. And I've gotten, like, to the first page. Oh, wow. I, I'm sure it's good. After this movie, I really do want to read the book. What was the first page like? It was good. I just don't know why. <laughs> you were like, whew, I'm exhausted. A little bit. I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot. To eat, pray, and love? I, was I don't t- know if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to pick one. You're like, only ready for one of those at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And also, okay, so 2010 is, like, peak glee. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on Ryan Murphy? You know, I like Ryan Murphy. He's cool. Like, I honestly, I never really watched a lot of Glee. I've I've seen like maybe five episodes tops. You know, maybe six. I liked. I mean, I liked the show. Okay, but I wasn't like a like a hardcore stan. And you know what I mean. Like, it was good. But I really liked American Horror Story, mm. and that's where I think I really appreciated him a little bit more because I was like, oh, like I know he's done a lot of things though. But it's it's interesting that that's like on his resume, like Glee, Eat, Pray, Love, American, American Horror, Horror Story, Story, and then he does like Scream Queens, yeah, and then now he does like the um like the Betty Davis versus Joan Cry. He like does like special things for FX and stuff, but yeah, in the early 2010s, Ryan Murphy was like the man, right? But it was crazy. Like when Glee came out, we were in high school and. You know, I was into theater, so mm-hmm. obviously I, I'm familiar with Glee. But, like, like with a lot, like with American Horror Story as well, I think, like, the first season of Glee is really good, mm. and then it gets really, cr- like, cringe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I loved American Horror Story, and the first couple seasons are really good, and then you got to Freak Show, and it was, like, yeah. just petered out. I really enjoyed Scream Queens, though. Yeah. I, I agree. I loved Scream But then Queens. again, season two. Sorry to interrupt. Season two wasn't good. Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree with you there, too. It wasn't as good. The first season was amazing. The second season was like, eh. And then American Horror Story was like, um, yeah, that freak show one. It, it like started out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to roll with it, but I just couldn't. And then what sucks, I think, is that Gaga got involved after the fact. Because I'm like, couldn't we have a good season with Gaga first and then do this freak show thing? Because that one... I feel like she fits that so perfectly that that would have been so cool to see. But I had already kind of like let go of American Horror Story. I was like, I don't need to really watch anymore. Well, like Hotel with Gaga is apparently really good. But because Freak Show fell off so far Mm -hmm. and Glee also disappointed me, I was like, well, I guess I don't like Ryan Murphy shows. Right. See ya. Like, it's not going to be good. And then it was like. Yeah. I do remember watching like some earlier Glee and then watching some later seasons being like, eh. I, I mean, know. like, I don't think Glee is my cup of tea anyways. I think hot take, musical theater people are insufferable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I know that was the joke. That's the thing That's about the it. the joke. There's always a joke, right? Well, it's like, I think the first season of Glee, they were in on the joke. Like, yeah. that was the point. It was like election with, uh, you know, like Reese Witherspoon meets, you know, like show tunes and stuff. Like, there was a bite to it. 
didn't they just get like too serious towards the later seasons and like bit more drama like or something yes and then like they just started singing every top 40 song oh my god that was what it did it ruined all my songs because i would hear like radio version the glee versions of this mm-hmm. and that and sometimes i'd be like oh cool and then after a while it got real old just like kids bop you know <laughs> yeah but it's okay but anyway uh, this is about uh you pray love it's like i guess it was just like a thing in the 2010s where what? ryan murphy can just direct a movie Based on a best-selling memoir starring Julia Roberts and Javier Bardem. I know. I wonder how – do they want him for that? Did he go out for this? Was he like, I really would love to direct this movie. I read the book. I'm a big fan. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how that came about because, like, it's just interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Which I don't know when we want to talk about it, but I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. The same. Okay. But we're going to – it's like a bur- – this movie is like – Harry Potter, like, birdie bots. What are they called? Birdie the bean, bots? The beans. Yes. Birdie bots beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the jelly beans that are, like, you don't know what you're going to – it could look like uh, you're going to get the grass flavor, but it's actually boogers. Or mm-hmm. maybe if there's an apple flavor in there. We don't know. I feel like it's not as interesting as those beans, <laughs> but, like, it gives me the same vibe. It's like – or it's like you think the green is going to be good. On the outside. And then it's grass. Yeah, like it'd be in- intriguing, you know – Hot take. I actually like the grass flavor birdie bot. Me beans. too. <laughs> I'm like, how do I high five you without <laughs> knocking over the mic? Um, wow. Yeah, sometimes it's boogers. Yeah, the boogers is not as good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I feel like this movie just is like that in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd never seen this movie before. Same. Yeah. So here we are, late to the party, finally watching uh, Eat, Pray, Love, like, 10 plus years later. The movie no one <laughs> asked for. Yeah. I'm Probably more than Runaway Bride. I feel like this is also, like, lost mm-hmm. in time. Like, this is a time capsule of a movie. Like, James Franco is a likable semi-lead. Can I say something, though? I thought this movie would last forever because of the way it was, like, at the time. Like, looking back, I remember being like, wow, this is, like, a whole new way of living. Like, this is, like, eye-opening. Like, this is – I hadn't even seen it or read it or anything, but just based on, like, the trailers alone and the people's reactions to it, like, just, like – and, you know, there's always that live, laugh, love, but this is eat, pray, love. Like, it's more spiritual. It's, like, people going on journeys, like, this whole – you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this influenced some people. I think so. I think it kind of influenced me. That's why I say it's a mixed bag. I was a little inspired by this movie. Yeah. There's a lot. I know what you're saying. Okay. Any- anyway, it received, um, well, the film received negative reviews from critics, but it was a financial success. And it was released August 13th in 2010, which, you know, is so funny that we, we actually watched the movie together just on august 13th by happenstance like we didn't plan that but like what are the odds that we watched it exactly like the same date that it was released i don't know j-lo we're manifest <laughs> we've read i've read the secret you know yeah it's just the uh the J- what is it the the uh not the art of j-lo what did she say gosh oh not the j-lo glow. the effect oh the j-lo, J-Lo effect. effect i feel like speaking of the secret like 
if I had a memoir, because, mm-hmm. like, I've never really told this story, but, I mean, you you saw me live it. Um, I was obsessed with the secret. Like, I went through a phase um, where I was obsessed with the secret, and it made my life a living hell, where it's, like, I was, like, borderline OCD, and I feel like my memoir on that time would be, like, starve, <laughs> rage, hate, you know? <laughs> yes. Actually, same. Like, ah. Uh, yeah. It's Nikki, funny how you, self-help books can do that. Why don't you write that book, Starve, Rage, and Hate? I feel like that would be so much more relatable and would Thanks. really speak to the people. And it has like a like self-deprecating kind of humor. Like that would be – I feel like that would fly off the shelves. People would be like, yeah. It's for like – it's about a young 19-year-old who reads a lot of self-help books. But then also is like a chronic self-sabotager and kind of ruins everything, you know? You know what's interesting, though? Because speaking of The Secret, this made me think of that as well. They both came out in 2006. <gasps> the Secret actually came out... Okay, so it looks like Eat, Pray, Love came out... It was published in um, February 2006, and um, The Secret came out in November 2006. Wow. So, but in the same year, which is interesting to note. So people would just be following things spiritually For in that sure. year. Or- I do still believe in the law of attraction, though, Brie. Yeah, no, I do too. The power's great. The the sequel to The Secret. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Uh, you know what though? Like Eat Pray Love, this message really does speak to me, Brie. Yes. But this movie, I have a really hard time morally with. Mm-hmm. Okay, because marketers for the film created over four hundred merchandising tie-ins on a movie where julia roberts playing liz gilbert uh-huh goes to india mm-hmm. gives it all up goes <laughs> to india to pray just like this white lady just like just living out i don't know what people do but no there's there were eat pray love themed jewelry perfume tea gelato machines, an oversized Indonesian bench, prayer beads, and a bamboo window shade. World Market Department stores opened entire sections and their locations devoted to merchandise tied into the movie. This is just so ridiculous. Like, I read this and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is like... Okay, this is probably more marketing than, like, Harry Potter. Like, as far as, like, items at the time. when it, You know what I mean? Like, you can get the owl. You can get the the school books. I don't know. I'm like, what is this? Like, eat, pray, love. Like, we're middle-aged, like, women. Like, I don't know. Just, like, let me eat, pray, love and just, I don't know, it's, go to India and, and I don't know. That's highly insensitive. <laughs> like, I don't really care about cultural appropriation. Like, Gwen Stefani can wear a bindi. Mm-hmm. And can dance with Harajuku girls. I give her a pass. Mm-hmm. She's appreciating. You know? But, like, there is something that's really icky mm-hmm. about, like, a movie tie-in where they go to Bali, where they go to India. Mm-hmm. And the the tie-in is at World Market. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, home goods mm-hmm. with an ethnic flair. 
or that prayer beads were a marketing tie-in. That doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why. Well, you know, and it probably wasn't the original intention of this writer that, you know, Elizabeth, right, Elizabeth Gilbert is the actual, that's her name, right, Mm -hmm. who actually wrote it? Yeah. I'm sure, you know, maybe she really did have a spiritual experience and wanted to share her thoughts and her journey to find herself or whatever. But, like, this is, like, a whole nother level of, like, money-making, like, gimmicky, like, yeah, like, cultural appropriation, like, just, I don't know, like, a commodity, like, just, like, you can't just, I don't know. This is, like, so, it's, it is off-putting, but also imagine, like, buying these things, like, eat, pray, love, jewelry, or perfume. You're gonna smell like you're praying, eating, praying, and loving. I mean, come on. Eat, pray, love is a mindset. It is, like, not like a light like it's maybe a lifestyle but it's not like a it's not something you can buy you cannot put money uh, you cannot put a price tag on eating praying and loving you just gotta experience it's an experience it's not like a thing so i think it's kind of like it's very strange that they thought that they could but maybe I, I wonder how much money they actually made like were people really buying into this getting them shutters probably a karen's probably to look like they're like out in like the the jungle in bali or something oh yeah people are obsessed with world market i've never stepped foot in world market but i know that like middle age rich ladies are obsessed Hmm. so i did date a dude where his mom lived in dc Mm. and had like three-story condo Mm -hmm. super wealthy her whole house different floors were like different themes but they were all like world market or like west elm but they were like they were like giraffes and globes so that like (laughs) idea of like this middle-aged rich woman eat praying and loving yeah it it's lives and breathes that is wild nick (laughs) she probably got them shutters or something i bet probably the bead the prayer beads I'm not going to lie, though, Brie, if you ever find for a reasonable price on, like, eBay or something, the Eat, Pray, Love prayer beads, I do want some. Like, as, like, a like a gag. Like, yeah. That, that is so funny to me that that would – I wonder if the, each bead, like, has, like, a message or it says, like, eat, pray, love on there. You know? I don't know. That's just so crazy to me. It really is crazy. It really is crazy to me, too, that, like, I agree with you. I don't think this was Liz Gilbert's intention when she was – traveling and wrote eat pray love yeah i'm sure she wasn't picturing billions of like dollars like in her but I, I mean i'm sure this marketing this merchandise might not even be tied to her like she might mm-hmm. it might be the studio that makes the money or someone well, i don't know sure. who like gets the money but you know you think about like this just makes me think about like jk rowling and like because you know she you know the story of how she wrote mm-hmm. harry potter and she was basically she didn't have hardly any money she's on the what? streets yeah so like I mean, I'm not saying this is the same thing. Maybe it probably wasn't, actually, because she probably was a middle-aged, like, white woman rich. Well, I don't think she was necessarily rich, but she did get paid. Um, I think she had, like, a column. Or maybe okay. she wasn't rich because that divorce thing in the movie. That it's true. It makes it seem like they didn't get – she didn't get to, to take much with her, I don't think. She didn't, but she, you know, made it all back and then some. Back. Like, she's a really successful author now. And yeah. in a, a, like she had like a lesbian affair with her best friend. That's the part I want to talk about. I mean, I don't know a lot about it, so I just think it's wild that like after this movie, like it really ties everything together with a bow. But like, that's not how Liz Gilbert's life panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it, either the New York Times or the New Yorker or something. Liz Gilbert when she was traveling, 
Um, and it kind of alludes to it in the movie that she's writing something. Ah. So she is getting paid, or she did get paid in real life to travel and write about her experience eating oh. and praying and loving. That's kind of cool. So. So there's that. That There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making money. I love money. I think people, <laughs> when they create stuff, they should make money. Yeah. No, for real. But there is something. Like, I think, too, it's like, it. it is all the marketing. It is all the studios commodify, like, just money grabbing off of something that could be a really beautiful, meaningful concept mm-hmm. and turning it into something that's not. And also, I think it, like, this movie is hindered. And then we'll, like, get into, like, the fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> the movie is really hindered by the fact that Ryan Murphy directs it. He Ryan Murphy fies with his boca and whatever, this whole entire fucking film. Mm. And it's meaningless. Like, even the great meanings in it get washed away. You know, I agree with you. Like, I have things I want to say, and I just don't know if now is the time, but, like, maybe it is. I don't know. Like, just, just come out, Brie. I feel like... Come out of the closet like Liz Gilbert. To be honest, this movie disappointed me a little bit because, well, for one, it's, like, two hours and 13 minutes, or, like, a little longer if you stick through, like, the credits at the end, but there's nothing to... I don't think there's anything to see. It's just credits. That Eddie Vedder bop, though, Brie. <sighs> Yeah, what, uh, whatever. I don't know. I just like, it's a long movie. If you're going to sit and watch a long movie, you got to be invested and you want some type of payoff at the end. This movie for me, it was, there's the pacing of it. It was just okay. Like once you get to the middle, like it, it's good in the beginning, you get to the middle and then it's like repetitive and there's no like, there's not enough like tension at a certain point. And it's like, I get it that like, in in Italy, like, you know, they talk about, like, being American and how, like, Americans have problems with, like, just letting things be or just, like, relaxing during the day, like, how our work days are structured and just being stressed out all the time. And they're like, relax a little, take your break and all this stuff, which I get. And so, like, maybe the movie's trying to, like, be, like, put you in the moment and just letting you enjoy this experience alongside her of, like, self-discovery or just, like, you know what I mean? Being in a different place, traveling, whatever. But... It's like, honestly, there's not that much character development. Like, I feel like it's almost like, sorry, I feel like I'm just about to go on a long rant and stop me if I'm like going too far. But like, this movie, like her character is like, I feel like they could have done more or like, you know what I mean? It's very surface level. Like. Yes, like, we know that she gets lost in these relationships with men, but, like, we don't, and she's a writer, but that's all we really know. It's almost like Runaway Bride, you know what I mean? It's very, like, surface level, like, Julia Roberts does a great job, and she's so good at, like, portraying emotions and all this stuff, like, she's doing her job, but, like, I just feel like it could have been a little more exciting, like, (laughs) I don't know, I got bored at a certain point, and then it was, like, so, it was, like, long, and then at the end, even, it was, like, I was just like, uh, you know, it, they rode off into the sunset, but it wasn't like, I felt like I was so, it was like a profound, like, oh, this changed my life. Like kind of the way it was marketed was like, this movie will change your perspective on everything and on your, you know what I mean? But it, it didn't. 
if I was Elizabeth Gilbert, I'd be pissed because... And I feel like I feel a lot more viscerally, like I have a visceral reaction to this movie for some reason. Mm -hmm. But if I was Elizabeth Gilbert, I'd be so pissed because she starts off as a very self-centered individual Mm -hmm. and she ends as still kind of a very self-centered individual. Mm -hmm. And it's like she says she learns these things, which we'll talk about more in the film, but there's not, like you said, there's no character development. No. It's... Or it could have turned into that, but there's something that stops it. Yeah. There's there's no payoff. It, we'll talk about it more because like it'll like definitely it gets into that end bit. Yeah. Where it's like you could have a great moment there that would kind of make up for a lot of things. Right. And it just clunks about. Yeah. It like turns into the like, all of a sudden, you think you're going to get the, the Birdie Bots analogy. You think you're going to get, like, the green apple. Mm-hmm. And it just is, like, grass. <laughs> it's like, eh? Eh. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so, anyway, that was... <laughs> you want to take a trip back to 2010? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's let's pretend. Let's go in our little time machine. Let's go back. Back to the beginning. <laughs> Back to when the earth, the stars, the sun all align. No, like let the rain fall down. <laughs> um, so yeah, like twenty ten kicking off the new decade. The remember like when every movie was in three D? Yeah. The three D craze was like huge at this time and it was like after Avatar. Oh yeah, you know, I forgot that was three D. I forgot that Avatar was three D. Because I saw it in three D. Really? Yeah. I just saw Avatar this past year. <laughs> wow. Well. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of 3D, though, why wasn't Eat, Pray, Love in 3D? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> slurping the spaghetti in 3D? Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun, you know? <laughs> totally. <gasps> or, Nikki, your favorite scene, the mouth, like, the oh. shot where it's a close-up of her mouth and that other dude's mouth speaking Italian. <laughs> <laughs> 3D. So gross. But yeah, this was the year of Alice in Wonderland, Clash of the Titans, and Jackass 3D. So that was all in that 3D format. That's fun. Yeah. Toy Story 3. Was that 3D too? Do they have a 3D version of it? I'm sure they had one. Yeah. It's interesting they give you the choice nowadays, you know? It is. I'm glad they give you the choice, but... Your choice was, if it was too much for you, just take the glasses off. But if it was that red and blue, you could be like, what is, what am I looking at? This was when you get the cool 3D glasses that look like hipster glasses. Yeah, because you could take those off and it, it wasn't completely, you know, you could barely tell. It was, it was a lot, a better, you know, it was an improvement. I have a really sweet nostalgia for it. Like 2010, like felt like <gasps> the future and glossier. Yes. It really, it beat 2020 but remember recycling the glasses and feeling gross mm-hmm. about it and be like oh i'm wearing someone else's glasses or i would never recycle them i'd stole them all i stole a couple but then they never worked on anything <laughs> i would cut okay because this was 2010 and i was in high school i would pop out the 3d lens part and i would just like wear them as fake glasses oh my which, god like, jokes on me because in college i found that i needed real glasses but that's really funny <laughs> But this was the year that Deathly Hollows Part 1 came out, Inception, Shrek Forever After, Twilight <laughs> Eclipse, and Black Swan. 
All all great movies. Yes. Tangled. Oh yeah. I enjoyed Tangled. Yeah. I uh 2010 movie. Toy Story 3 is like my favorite Toy Story movie. Yeah, so good. It is so good. It um, really gets you in the feels. Did. I love Black Swan. Duh. But, um, yeah, oh, uh, Epre Love opened number two at the box office behind The Expendables, which is, it's like, Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. It's, I was about to say, Sylvester Stallone. I, I didn't see that one, but I remember seeing the posters and stuff. Okay. Well, free word association, because, you know, we don't have to spend all day talking about 2010 in film. But I'm going to give you the top 10 okay. movies. That were released August 13th, 2010. Or not released, but like that weekend in the box office. Yeah. Okay. Number one, The Expendables. Have you seen it? No. No. Any thoughts on it? Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Yeah, one word thoughts. <laughs> Maybe I'll Have see you seen it, it or not? <laughs> <laughs> Might see it. <laughs> um, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I don't know. What did you say earlier? Like... Uh, starve, rage, and hate. <laughs> uh, the other guys. Uh, Italian? Question mark. Uh, oh no, it's a Will Ferrell. Um, Mark Wahlberg. You know when Will Ferrell has Eva Mendes as a wife? Oh, is this when they're like police officers? Uh huh. I always want. I always think about like wise guys for some reason. That's not what it's called, but I'm thinking, like, they're the other guys. I don't know. I, sw- I don't know. You're like the Sopranos. Yeah, the, the other guys. Uh, Inception. Loved it I, at the time. I don't know. I kind of want to rewatch it. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Didn't like. <laughs> Despicable Me. Cute. Step Up 3D. Wish I saw that in theaters with them glasses because I bet that would have been epic. People stomping at you and going, oh, that's oh. true, like, like crumping in your face. It's <laughs> so ridiculous and aggressive and like not necessary. Uh, dinner for schmucks. Never seen it, but I know that it's um, it's um, um. Oh man, what's his name? Uh, don't tell me. Oh god, I can't think of his name. I keep thinking Tim, and that's, that's way off. G- give me a letter. Yes. <laughs> Another one. Steve? Carell. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, salt. <laughs> Loved it. It was great. Angelina Jolie and, um, well, it was just her, right? Yeah. And uh, Leif Shriver is like the villain in it. I love when she um, kills the dude with the wine glass. That was epic. That whole movie I enjoyed in theaters. I did too. I think we saw it together. Mm. Okay, and then rounding up the top ten is Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Okay, that sounds like a drag queen. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Kitty Galore is a great drag name. Yes. Um, I I don't even think – I think I just saw the one because I knew. I was like, I love this movie so much. It's cute, cats versus dogs. Like, I see what they did there. You know, I suspended my disbelief. It was a funny tale. It was cute. Um. But I don't need to see another one. I, I I said to myself, this looks like it's going to be terrible. I'm not going to watch it. That's what I thought. So I didn't. I just saw the one. Yeah. The first Cats and Dogs. I mean, we were kids, but that, that was good. It had a good story. It was it was funny. It was cute. I don't know. But yeah, no. I just, I'm like, this is just a gimmick. They just, they're, you know, they're making too many sequels. <laughs> um, 
So back to Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I'm not going to read all of the reviews, mm-hmm. but um, critics did not like this film either. Well, that makes me feel a little better, you know? <laughs> um, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian gave it out one out of five stars, and he he told my joke. He begins his review with, sit, watch, groan, <laughs> yawn, fidget, stretch, eat Snickers, pray for the end of dire film about Julia Roberts' emotional growth, love the fact it can't last forever, wince, daydream, frown, huh? resent script, resent acting, resent dinky, tripartite, structure, grit teeth, clench fists, focus on plot. Troubled traveler Julia finds fulfillment through exotic foreign cuisine, exotic foreign religion, sex with exotic foreign Javier Bardem. Film patronizes Italians, Indians, Indonesia. Julia finds spirituality, rejects rat race, gives Balinese therapist 16 grand to buy house. (laughs) Balinese therapist is grateful, thankful, humble, sigh, blank, (laughs) sniff, check watch, groan, slump. You know, anyways, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Honestly, accurate. That is so accurate. Like, that's one of the best, most accurate reviews I've read in a while because he nailed it. He really did. That really is the movie. Yeah. That's all you need to know. We don't even need to discuss. I know. I think I think we'll give our final thoughts at the end, but we have did the whole summer of Julia Roberts, right? Yeah. And Julia Roberts is one of the last great movie stars. Like, truly. Or at least up until this point, we might have, like, Sydney Sweeney or Zendaya might come out of nowhere and just prove us all wrong. But, yeah, you know, Julia Roberts, like, choke hold on America. It's so strong. Right. Um, yeah, this is really, like, the end of that. It's kind of sad. You mean this movie is? Yeah. This is the end of Julia Roberts being America's sweetheart as we know it. Like, doing the whole romantic comedy thing. I know she's coming out with a movie. Yes, I was about to say, wait, she's got a movie coming out, Nick. This is not the end. With George Clooney. But who knows? Because the romantic comedy is kind of dead at this point. No, wait, it says who? Really? I mean, you're just saying like in general, like in the general, way- like it, they don't they go straight to streaming, you know, movie theaters. I don't know. There's like this whole doom and gloom. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Like when when has there been like culturally? When is a, in the past ten years a romantic comedy besides Crazy Rich Asians? That taking was the a world really by storm. Cute one. Okay, taking the world by storm. You're right. Um. Because we remember a time when Julia Roberts' films captivated the nation. Yeah. I feel like there have been, like, a lot of, like, chick flicks. You know what I mean? Like, there's been, like, like Girls Trip was a real good one. Obviously, Bridesmaids. That was, that's probably a while ago, too. And I just, that's probably, like, was that 2010? 2011. Uh, Girls Trip was 2017. Mm. But I'm trying to think, like, but as far as like like you're saying romantic comedies, I'm just trying to remember when was the last time I actually saw a good one like in theaters. Because like that you're that is an underappreciated drama or um genre. But like I know that that's like one of the genres anyway that they kind of that has like kind of gets pushed to the wayside. But you're right, there's certain ones that have taken us by storm. And what I can't I can't really think of like 
But Julia Roberts used to be the tentpole for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Eat, Pray, Love is just a sign. Like, we're in the 2010s now. Julia Roberts is in her 40s. Still is good, though. Oh, great. And she doesn't do a bad job in this film. It's just she's she's not given anything. Um, But it is kind of the, the thing where it's like, it's the end of an era a little bit. Yeah. You well, know? I don't know. I don't like the Like, I think we should watch the new movie, which when, let me find out when that comes out, because this but is. I'm not saying that in a doom and gloom way. I'm saying it's the end of an era, which it could be a new era for Julia Roberts with this movie with George Clooney. But that was 12 years ago that Julia Roberts did Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, okay. You know, and then for years, Julia Roberts did dramas. That weren't really successful. Yeah. And she did Lancome commercials. She had a family and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But And but she doesn't need to work again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is the end of like Julia Roberts. But you do you think, I don't know. You don't think she's just going to keep making like the same kind of like film, you know, like be like something's got to give like until she's like older. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's going to turn to like her own kind of like Diane Keaton-esque. I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? Like. I would hope. I would hope a lot of these, you know, women get that. Yeah, I would hope so too. Because I mean, even like J Lo's made a new romantic comedy with uh, I want to say it's Matthew McConaughey, but I think it's the Owen other guy. Wilson. It's Owen Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> that's just you like- lied to me once. Not again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I know. I just said that to get on your nerves. <laughs> I just hate to be so pessimistic about it. I just don't think like what. We don't have to go into all, like, the studios and just movies today, but I think I am looking forward to when the tide turns, and hopefully Julia Roberts will have, like, a Diane Keaton-ified little renaissance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's still pretty youthful, so, like, I don't know. Maybe she's not there yet. But, like, I get what you're saying, but I think I just don't want – I didn't think I'd care that much about romantic comedies like I do, but I – they are a really nice escape, you know? And we need that light, like, kind of, um... Truly. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, it can't... I don't know. We need comedies. comedies we need comedies. in theaters anymore, too. So, I, Anyway. Yeah. Good tides, point. I hope the tides turn. Same. Zendaya, where you at? Yeah. You're our only hope. She's funny. She has, like, kind of a deadpan... Com- like, she's... I don't know. Like, I, like when in Mary... Like, when she was married Jane in Spider-Man. I like her. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you want to give the synopsis? Sure. So, Liz Gilbert, played by Julia Roberts, thought she had everything she wanted in life. A home, a husband, and a successful career. Now newly divorced and facing a turning point, she finds that she is confused about what is important to her. Daring to step out of her comfort zone, Liz embarks on a quest of self-discovery that takes her to Italy, India, and Bali. That's pretty straight to the point, you know? Yep, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to talk about, like, the characters? Yeah, what do we think of Liz, played by Julia Roberts? I mean, I don't know. It's hard not to like any character played by Julia Roberts, to be honest. I'm like, I don't know. I, I love that she's, like, just has the secret, like, 
like she wants to travel she wants to figure herself out like she has this like desire to like you know it's it is kind of i feel like this movie to me is a bit like runaway bride like the characters are similar in a way like i feel like this is like the future of like um the character she played in Runaway Bride. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, later in life where she's, like, kind of had a marriage. She's settled down. You know what I mean? She's been running away. <laughs> she can't commit because she has things going on. She's got to find herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we all have to find ourselves in some ways and just, like, like, it makes sense. You know? Like, you can't put certain things off. Like, if you're not in touch with what you want or, like, I don't know. Obviously, she just, I don't know. She has this desire to travel and just figure things, figure out her spirituality, which is a big thing for some people. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's cool. It's interesting that she like has never spoken to, you know, to the Lord. So I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I don't know. Like the reasons why people seek spirituality is kind of interesting too. You know, it is. I mean, I really relate to Liz as a character. Yeah, I will say, like, you know, we're talking about the character arc. It's mm-hmm. not really. It's not really there. Yeah. But I love the fact that she's a woman just caught up in expectations, mm-hmm. her own expectations, and she, like, throws herself into these relationships and never thinks about what she truly wants. Mm. And I think, like, it kind of really hit home for me because I was like, oh, you know, I can relate to that. Mm. And, you know... And I'm not going to wait until I'm 40 to to do that. And, like, I kind of found that out, yeah, last year, too. Like, I feel like this is, like, a journey with me where it's not as dramatic as... It's more inner. Tra- yeah. You don't have to go travel, travel to, like, Italy and, and Bali and I'm not India. married, so I can't get a divorce, you know. But I did, you know, break up with someone last year and, you know... Yeah. Go on a, a journey like that. But, um... You kind of did your own version of that a bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but but I relate to it. I do think, like, Liz, as open as she is along the journey, it is a very interesting, if there is any, like, arc. Mm-hmm. If she gets more self-centered and more restrictive mm. when she gets to Bali, which I find very interesting. You're right. I didn't really think too hard about that, but you're correct. Like she, I thought she would be, well, maybe it's just one of those things that it's like, you're so wound up and like, you know how she tries to go to the meditation rooms and stuff and she's like always thinking, always like just got too much going on up there and whatever. And it's just like, girl, just breathe, like, like go. But that part, I can relate to that because like sometimes my anxiety, like I'll just, my mind's going, you know. So hundred percent. It's like I don't know, never quiet up there. So or it's like, oh, maybe you don't like yourself that much. Like there's always something going on. It's like I don't know. There's some things about her that I could relate to for sure. And just like because I've been there's been times where I've tried to seek out, you know, spiritual meaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I joined a Buddhist temple before you I did. I had like a eat pray love moment. I was like, I gotta find myself, guys. I even learned some Vietnamese, like gosh darn it and i got invited to buddha's uh birthday but then like i was it was funny because like i missed it i forgot what i had going on but i couldn't make it and then i was too embarrassed to come back because i was like oh i feel like i disrespected them or like and then i'm like "Eh, do i really want to be buddhist like it's kind of like 
I don't know. But for a moment there, I really was like, this is my new path. Like, I did learn some things, like how they honor, like, the dead. Like, there's so many interesting things that I was like, I had a new appreciation for. So it helped in some ways, but I didn't really. It was like a stepping stone along the journey. And also, it was very, I don't know. I'm like, spirituality is really complex. Like, you can't just pick it up and put it down. It's like all, it's a lot to figure out. I still don't even know if I have anything. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Well, what do we think about Philippe, played by Javier Bardem? Attractive, sexy, love his accent. He is like this movie's Jude Law on the holiday. Like, Mr. Napkinhead that cries at a, the drop of a hat, has an Australian son. Oh, yeah. So cute. I, I liked it. It was cool seeing his sensitive side and just. I don't know. He was a very attractive man. Like, he was hard not to like. I was really attracted to Javier Bardem in this film. Yeah, and I've been attracted to him before just a little, but not like a lot. But in this film, I was like, ooh, yes. Uh, what about David? Which um, is James Franco's character. You know, he was cute. I, I thought he had some chemistry with uh, with Liz. But, it, you know, he was all right. I didn't, I didn't hate him. But then I, I was really confused because... They apparently had some type of conflict, but they never actually, it was such a vague conflict. It wasn't like, oh, I want to live in New York. I want to live in Bali or something. Like, there was never, like, it didn't make sense. Like, we understood the conflict she had with, like, um, Philippe. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't much of a conflict because they had similar scars, yeah. but what were you going to say? Or her, like, her ex-husband. Yeah, we definitely understood the conflict there. But, like, I didn't understand... The way that they put it together with, like, flashbacks and just barely, like, touching the surface that they were in a relationship, it was kind of confusing. It was like, are they – is it, like, you know in Uptown Girls, like, Brittany Murphy with that boyfriend where she's just, like, staying there for days? Is I'm like, is it like that? Is he getting annoyed with her? Like, they never – you know what I mean? Because there's, like, one point where he's like, hey – do you, wouldn't it be nice to miss each other or something? So I'm like, is that what's happening? But they don't really explain it. Like, I don't understand what's happening. And it's nice he's folding her delicates, but what is going on? Like, there's no... Maybe it's undefined. I don't know. I just got really confused by that relationship. Who's to say? It is such a good like, time capsule, though, that uh, <laughs> James Franco is, like, the cute, young boy offering. Yeah. He's lucky, though. We got to work with Julie Roberts. I know. I was like, dang, you know, go ahead, James Franco. Like, what? That's wild. Can you imagine being Julia Roberts and being like, oh, this guy? I don't know. Do you think she, you know what I mean? Like, she probably does not think about James Franco then or now. Yeah. Um, what about Delia, played by Viola Davis? I, I don't know. I loved her. She's great. I love Viola Davis. Um, I wish there was more of her in there because, like, she was, like, just spitting truth. Like, she was just saying these things, like, I don't know. She's like, get a hold of yourself, girl. Like, these are all the facts. Like, I don't know. It's hard not to love Viola Davis in any role. I feel like she just, like, gives it 110% how big or small or, like, the role is. She just brings it. Yeah. And last but not least, Steven, the ex-husband, played by Billy Crudup. He was annoying. I didn't like him. He was like, also, he looked dead in the eyes, and I just couldn't get past that. That's a Billy Crudup problem, I would say. Yeah, and I couldn't get past how much he looks like Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I just couldn't. But, like, without, like, I thought, 
I don't know. Like, he just looked soulless, and his character was just annoying and whiny and, like, not... They didn't have a lot of chemistry, to be honest. Like, they're both attractive people. Like, him and Julia Roberts are attractive, but, like, I didn't sense any chemistry in that car scene with the Boca. Like, it was just like they were there, you know? I agree. I mean, I would say much like with Billy Crudup as an actor, um, the pieces are all there. Mm-hmm. It's just something's off. Yeah. So... I don't know, like, they're married, something was off, like, there's something weird. Even though there's a scene where they do a flashback to the wedding, mm-hmm. and instead of, like, their wedding song playing, celebrate good times, come, come on, on. please, <laughs> and Billy Crudup just, like, dances along with it. That was the most fun, like, I liked that scene, that was when I liked him the most, because it was like, I was like, oh, wow, he's letting loose. He was just, like, way too serious, and, like, bo- like, I get it, I get why she left, she was just like, this man's boring, he's like... And, but she wouldn't let herself celebrate good times come on, though. So maybe that's, like, and how you and your partner can influence each other. True. Because yeah. he was, like, ad-libbing. He was like, let's just roll with it. I know this isn't our song. Let's just dance. And she's like, uh-uh. I don't know. I get it. But when I get into the film? Yeah. Now that we've talked for almost an hour, you want to get yeah, into the let's, film? Let's finally get into this film. So, Elizabeth Gilbert had everything a modern woman is supposed to dream of having. A husband, a house, a successful career. Yet, like so many others, she found herself lost, confused, and searching for what she really wanted in life. She just lay her, like, up all night, just like, ah, what do I do? I'm praying. I've been there. Like, she, like, does this thing, which it's Julia Roberts being chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. She does this thing where I've done this a lot. Where she was talking, I don't know if she was talking to Billy Crudup or who, whatever scene it was, she just like stares into space mm-hmm. and like, you can tell on her face she's like contemplating life. Like, should I jump off a bridge? Like, what do I do? Like, I hate where I am right now. Mm. And like that look on her face, I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's all I really have to say about that. But yeah, you know, she's not happy. Yeah. And then inexplicably unhappy and restless after eight years dang I, you know i didn't realize they were together eight years that's a good chunk of time it's a waste of time well she does she finds out she doesn't want to be married anymore i love this scene too because she literally rolls over and she's like her eyes are open and she's just staring at him while he sleeps and then he turns over and looks at her and they're just like hey hey and he says something like i don't want to move i don't want to go to this you know I, I think because he was traveling for business or something, right? And he was like, I don't want to go. And she's like, I don't want to be married. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> and he, Stephen doesn't understand why and doesn't accept the divorce easily. In the meantime, she has a brief affair with David, a young actor. Okay, I guess that is what it is then. Just an affair. You know, maybe I, I felt like they gave it a lot of screen time, though. They so- did. They spent a lot of time on her and James Franco. Maybe it's because of James Franco of it all. He was big at the time. Yeah. It's hard to understand now, 12 years later. But <laughs> there was a time when James Franco got a lot of screen time. That's true. Maybe that was what it is. Because you're right. He was like a rising actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Stephen was just kind of like, eh. He was kind of whiny. Kind of like... I don't want to sign the papers. Just being difficult. He's going to represent himself. That was hilarious. He's like all in his feelings. Yeah, for sure. And it's too late. True. Yeah, it's like, where were these feelings before? It's too late, baby. It's too, too late. late. <laughs> um, Which I'm... Okay, can I just talk about it now? Sure. 
Fuck the format. Yeah, fuck the format. Because we're already an hour in, so we gotta say how we feel now yeah. before the time passes us. <laughs> Eat, pray, love. You know? Yeah. Um, This soundtrack sucks. Sorry to be so blunt. <laughs> um, th- There's no... Even if it was on the nose, I kind of expected Ryan Murphy to have a lot more fun with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But, like, at no point are we getting a good carol king it's too late or a james taylor like in the rain scene you know there's like the music in this movie does not move things along it slows them down it slows it down and there's so many like breaks in this and there's no fun in it i know what you're saying the only okay i enjoyed dreams playing Mm -hmm. in that car scene that was kind of nice yeah i did enjoy heart of gold but that scene did last a little i was like oh it's gonna start but no, they took the time to play the whole instrumental intro and to, then you get into it and Heart of Gold plays for like two minutes. And it's like, whew, this is, it did feel kind of like dragging instead of just like a little like, let's get to the meat and potatoes and like. Sprinkle a bop in. Sprinkle a bop in. Yeah, there was no bops to be sprinkled. Even like, there was no like dog days. or And I know that they, they do this with trailers sometimes. The song and the trailer is not what's in the movie. I get it. But I feel like Florence and the Machine could have been involved somehow. She's a spiritual lady. You know, she's, like, got some bops. She's got some, even her, like, you know, even the ones that aren't as, like, upbeat are still, like, they make you feel something. And this is, like, about eat, praying, and loving. You know, it's, like, a journey. Like, there could have been something. Cosmic like, love, maybe. Yeah. Or, because this is, like, that fl- Lungs era Florence. Exactly. Something from the Lungs uh, album would have been great. I'm so surprised because it's 2010. I am so shocked. On the Florence tip that like kiss with a fist is not involved <gasps> somehow. Kiss with a fist is better than yeah. That would have been really like that's the a New bop. York scene because New York you create this like upbeat energy when you go to Italy. Why aren't things like fun with like an Italian flair? You go to India. Why isn't there like some Indian music? There was MIA. <laughs> yeah, that the that little. Was... It wasn't even an MIA banger. Yeah. I don't know. I I hear what you're saying, Nick. But. So that's that. (laughs) So she's newly divorced. Did we already say this part? Uh, No. Okay, so (laughs) she's newly divorced. I don't know if you can tell that I'm like so annoyed with this movie right now. No, it's okay. I mean, (laughs) I mean, same. It is kind of annoying. Oh, so, okay, she's divorced from Billy Crudup, and she's at a crossroads. Gilbert steps out of her comfort zone, risking everything to change her life and embarking on the three-point trip. The Mm -hmm. Italy, Indonesia, Bali, and she just wants to have a journey of self-discovery. Which would you eat, pray, love? Would you take this journey if you were at this crossroads? Probably. Yeah, if I was at a crossroads, sure. I mean you know why not i i'm a big proponent of like alone time and like figuring things out and experiencing new things so yeah sure if something was really calling to you go for it yeah i do think it's like really beautiful and like it is something i would do like i love these stories well this one in theory but i love these stories of like being so lost Mm -hmm. and like taking a chance and just being like fuck it like i'm gonna do what i want to do yeah because this is about her mm -hmm, and i'm gonna eat all the pasta in italy and i'm going to pray you know in india 
And I want to come back because she meets this, like, is it a monk in Bali before? Or, like, oh, yeah. He, he looks like Yoda with yeah, no teeth. Exactly. And she's like, I have to make it back to him because he, you know, prophesizes, like, her divorce and stuff. Right. So, you know, I do think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, just this idea. And plus, he said he would teach her things. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, maybe I have things to learn. Because she's trying to open herself up. That's the whole point. She's trying to open her heart up, open herself up to, like, possibilities, you know, to get out of her own, like, the cages we build for ourselves, basically. Um. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I think we should all, like, try to, you know, be more open-hearted or, like, work through our own stuff and just, like, live a little and, you know. Yeah. I can I respect it. I agree. So, like, first off is Italy. Mm-hmm. She eats all the pasta and all the gelato. She meets a Swedish friend and introduces her to um, a private Italian tutor who's a cutie. Mm-hmm. And they celebrate Thanksgiving together before she departs on her next stop. Which I do love the scene where they go to Naples and Julia Roberts is basically – the Swedish friend is like borderline and like eating disorder. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm too fat. I can't eat. But, like, Julia Roberts' character is like, we're going to go to Naples. We're going to eat all the food because, like, I've spent so much of my life worried about my size. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And um, she's talking about, like, counting calories and feeling guilty and all this other stuff, which I feel like is just relatable probably for, like, all the ladies out there. Because mm-hmm. there's – I feel like no matter what, like, there's a collective thing we all carry about, like – appearance and weight like it's just such a thing instilled in us like from such an early age that you just like you can you you can relate to it you just i don't know you know what i mean yeah and like yeah i don't know it is cool to be like fuck it eat pizza like don't feel guilty like let yourself live a little like i mean so what like <laughs> i love italy julia roberts though yeah because this is the time i feel like she's like community is very important these friends like, my ragtag group of friends I've made along the way, me enjoying my life. Yeah. And taking time to enjoy it is important. She should have just stayed in Italy. Just saying. A hot take. Or maybe to pray. I think she learned a lot in yeah. India. That's which true. is our next stop. Yep. So, um, Liz, bleh, Liz heads to an ashram where she experiences the power of prayer in India. And in addition to mass prayer sessions honoring their guru, she's assigning... The, she's assigned the chore of scrubbing floors and Texas Richard keeps her on her toes as well as supporting her and then when he's ready to move on she's reassigned to greeting and orienting uh, the new arrivals which you're right she did have some good um, self discoveries in India I mean yeah what, what, what I thought was really funny and ironic was that like she wanted to speak directly to the guru like I think she just wanted to like get a quick you know honestly I think I don't know if she wanted, like, a quick fix to her problems, but maybe in some ways, like, that would just be easier to figure out. Because, you know, when you seek things or you're, like, from another person, sometimes you, like, want, like, this – you want them to tell you everything's okay or, like, something, like, the secret, the secret to life, like, something, you know. The secret TM. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, I think maybe she went to go see this guru to just get one-on-one and just be like, okay, I figured everything out, whatever. Like, not whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, this really forces her to take time with her journey. Because the guru isn't even there. The guru is in New York, which is where she just left. And so yeah. it's kind of funny that, like, you know what I mean? Like, that she's not going to be back for, like, months or something. So she has to just, like, do the experience without this um 
person guiding her. She has to just kind of go with it and kind of figure things out herself. And so I think that's kind of powerful. I do love that she's humbled. And like, I love that she actually has to like force herself to meditate. And she meets that Texas guy. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Texas Richard. And she kind of judges him hard Mm -hmm. just because he's from Texas and kind of a bit like a nosy. (laughs) He's a little nosy. He's a little nosy. But he does give her good advice, which is basically like, well, he basically tells her too, like, you're self-centered. Yeah. Like, get over yourself and breathe. Yeah. He probably can, you know, I'm thinking he probably can relate to her in some ways because, like, he just, like, calls her out on, like, so many things and it's just like... Because he's been through this journey, I guess, already, and he knows. He has some wisdom to impart. Texas so. Richard and Sentity <laughs> praying and loving. Yeah. Uh, so after the ashram, she's the most, like, this is enlightened Liz to mm-hmm. the max. And she goes back to Bali to see the Yodu, Yodu, Yoda dude. <laughs> Yoda dude. <laughs> Yodude. Yodude. She says. Um, and she introduces herself to Katut, um, and he does not remember her. That was so hilarious because he's like, you know, he's like almost a hundred. I don't know, but you see so many people every day, and I'm sure he like just seeing her once, like a year ago. It's not, you know, what I mean? Because like I even relate to this, just like sometimes like working with people like the general public, and you see someone, and then you don't see them for a You're like, oh, yeah, you... Once you remember what they bought or something about them, then it comes back. But it was just like... It was really funny watching that, because that's also kind of humbling, you know? It is. Because it's not all about you all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's easy to get caught up in our own world sometimes. And I agree. Well, I really relate to that, because, like, I would say I'm a semi-spiritual person, and I've definitely gone to people. Like, I've sought out healers and whatnot. And, like, they've, you know, or a psychic has given me, you know, like, imparted some wisdom onto me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back and I'm like, do you remember me? And it's never what I want, but I expect, uh-huh. you know, in that self-centered way, them to be like, you're the only person I – or I, I have to remember everything because they're just – I don't know. They're the wise ones, which is <laughs> not necessarily true. Yeah. It's like they're human too, you know? But yeah, so she does various tasks for Katut and um and Liz is out on her bike mm-hmm. as she does It's like Bossa Nova music playing. Do 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 Um I wanna be like the girl from Impanina, but it's not that. No, but, it's close. <laughs> but yeah, so she goes to the village and this Okay, basically, Philippe, played by Javier Bardem, hits her with his Jeep. Yeah. I mean, accidentally. It was not, you know, it was definitely an accident. He explains later it's because he was trying to change out the tape. He had to, you know, remember, (laughs) you know, tape cassette players and cars. Like, that was the thing. He had to switch it over to side B. I mean, what you want? (laughs) He's a simple man. That's so cute, though. I, like, honestly, favorite characters, Philippe. Honestly, yes. I I loved Philippe. Like like you were saying, like when we were watching it, like let's have a movie about him and his Australian son, like a spin-off. Well, it's too late, I guess, because you know, we know how this goes at the end, but oh, like that's true. That, that would be a good movie. Oh, I love it. Well, she gashes her leg and Philippe offers to give her a lift. She denies it, but then they go to that beach shack. 
club situation. Yeah. And the bossa nova music starts playing and Philippe approaches her at the bar. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, meh, rejects him. And then he like is like, ooh, but it's the bossa nova song. And then she starts... Yeah, go ahead, Bree. Oh, I was just going to say, I thought this was hilarious because at first I was like, wow, Ryan Murphy got or like lazy with this song, like using it twice. You know how like in movies, you know, maybe like a character has a theme song whenever they enter the room, something's playing or you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I thought like they were trying to do that with this song. And then when I realized because like I couldn't tell if the song was like just in the background, like to a scene or if it was like playing at this place, it wasn't clear until he like said something about it. And then I was like, oh. They're actually playing this song that we just heard. Like, it all makes sense. And then he explained. He's like, yeah, I was listening to that song in my car when I hit you. How crazy is that? And I mean, it is kind of like pretty funny, like fate, you know? But then she like ends up going off with this younger, like the drummer to the band. Mm-hmm. And well, because that other lady she ran into, she's like, yeah, this guy's cute. You know, just have a little fling. But then she, you know what? She doesn't fling. No fling was flung. You know, he tries to get her to skinny dip and she goes, uh-uh. And he's like, come on, everyone has affairs in Bali. Woo, live a little. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I've lived enough and I'm drunk, so I'm going to go home. But then Javier Bourdain's character comes and is like, hey, do you want like a ride home? And she finally accepts a ride home. And he just like, you know, he just drops her off. Like no, no funny business or anything. It was just respectful and just like, you know. And then the next morning he comes and brings her a hangover cure, which was really sweet. And she le- she fell asleep with the door open. Her front door. I know. I mean, he was looking out, you know, honestly. But yeah, no, he gives her the hangover cure and then, and then like Julia Roberts kind of wakes up to Philippe, or Liz wakes up to Philippe being the hottie, hottie mm-hmm. boom body he is. And they hook up. And then two weeks later, Liz makes an appeal to her friends to donate to the house in Bali. That she meets, like, this family. Yeah. She, like, met this woman who was, like, a healer, right? And mm-hmm. she'd, like, I guess in Bali, like, if you're a woman and you get a divorce, you get zero. Not And you don't even get the children or something unless you – I forgot how you get the child. But it's, there's, like, some – it's really complicated and the women get nothing and then you get shunned, basically. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucks. So they kind of bonded, I guess, over being divorced and stuff and then just her seeing – I don't know. That lady taking care of her kids and struggling and try- I don't know. That was, that was a nice thing to do, to asking people to donate and stuff because they just needed like a better, like a place to stay with more space. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a real house, like for the kids. I don't know. I thought it was a nice gesture. I thought so too. Um, But yeah, and then back on the Philippe tip, he proposes they spend a few days together in a row of, uh, remote spot. Liz panics. And it's like, we don't want the same things. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> um, and then she was just like, I guess we're broken up. <laughs> and Liz gets prepared to leave and say farewell to Katut. And he encourages her to embrace and not run from love. And she finally and unexpectedly um, finds the inner peace and balance of true love. And um, it's like, Philippe, take me back. Wow. No, I liked that scene because it is kind of like, girl, why aren't you getting on the boat with this man? Like, he just wants to, like, I don't know. And it is just a couple of days. It's not like he's like, marry me or something. I don't know. No, he was like, let's spend a few days on this lovely boat yeah. going to this private island. Hadn't they already spent like a week or two together, though, uh-huh. without any space? Maybe that was part of it because I think she was like, I, we have spent every day. Like, she said something like that 
I don't know if she said it to him or to some, maybe to one of her friends or the healer lady. I don't know. But I think she was afraid maybe of like losing herself or not. I don't know exactly, but I could relate to it a bit because it's like, I don't know. Love scares me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm in a relationship, but sometimes love is like a scary thing. You're like, it's a lot of trust. It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's also like they're in a whirlwind relationship. They're in a whirlwind. You know, like, because this movie doesn't establish things, it is very hard to know. I'm assuming that she, because of how the story ends, I'm assuming that she really loves Philippe Mm -hmm. and that she wanted to go. She just thought that her journey had to end and all that jazz. However, how it is portrayed on the screen, I'm a little confused whether Liz actually loved Philippe or was it just a fling and she, after two weeks, was, like, over him? Oh, Because yeah. she kind of was cold to him when he, like, says we should go on the, you know, boat and she's like, no. Like, this is not whatever. But it wasn't, like, played like we're denying the feelings. Oh, he was playing it that way. But her, she was kind of cold. Yeah. So I'm... I'm a little confused. I'm confused, too. I'm like, did she just shut herself off from love? Or is it one of those things like, oh, it's only been two weeks. How do I even know you yet? You know what I mean? Because it makes me yeah. think of Runaway Bride. It just does because of that, that, you know, like the whole idea of a whirlwind romance. And then you're like, not forced because it's not like no one's forcing anyone. They're on, they're, they're eating, praying and loving. So this is like a journey where you probably, this is the time to like see where things go. Yes. And go without any boundaries or like any, you know what I mean? Anything weighing you down. You're just like throw caution to the wind. This is like that time. See, that's why I'm like, if it's the right person, you don't second guess. I feel like Philippe in that monologue. If it's the right person, you, you don't second guess. Yeah. But maybe she, maybe her heart is like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just her own problems, maybe. Just like... But knowing what happens in Elizabeth Gilbert's real life... I don't know. Is that really what her heart <laughs> wanted? Because something stopped her. Right. Oh, well. See, and I, don't, I, I need to, like, look into this more. Because, you know, I was getting some vibes with her and her, like friend on screen i mean i know that wasn't a thing right that she didn't have like a, a lesbian affair during this eat praying loving but that's when it should happen as well i'm just gonna say it if you're in italy they get that's the time for a lesbian affair don't you think for throwing caution to the wind i don't know so yeah yeah no i agree with you well okay so in 2007 gilbert married and this is in real life. This is not the movie anymore. Gilbert married Jose Nunes, whom she met in Bali, mm-hmm. that she describes in Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. So they live together in New Jersey, and they run a large Asian import store until they sold it in 2015. Oh. Huh. Which right. is interesting. I think that was his job in the movie. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. It is. So she probably, you know, I don't know. So, Okay. In 2016, Gilbert on her Facebook page says that she and him are splitting up very amicably and it's very personal. And then later that year, she reveals that she is in a relationship with her best friend, who's also a writer, and the relationship was related to the breakup of her marriage. 
Um, the relationship began because Gilbert realized her feelings for this lady when she got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, wow. Um, this Wait, who lady, got diagnosed? The lady? The lady. So they end up having like a committed ceremony, but it's not legal. And anyway, she dies in 2018. Whoa. That's a world. That's crazy. The timeline is just insane. So then Gilbert in 2019, she's in a relationship with the photographer Simon MacArthur, who was a friend of that woman. Wait, like a close what? friend of that woman. Um, and in February 2020, she shared that her and MacArthur were no longer together, calling their relationship short-lived. That's interesting. Huh. Did she just want to feel close to that lady? So she's like, I'm just going to... I don't know. I'm sure it's more complicated. That's it. That's interesting. Huh. <sighs> it's right. a lot. That's a lot. But well, I'm kind of more interested in that film, to be honest. I'm like, wow. That sounds like a like like an interesting film and a drama filled film. A hot highs and lows. Like, <laughs> I I mean, how long were they in love for before like, she broke up with this Jose man? And is it the lady that Viola Davis portrays? Like, like who is the yeah? Is this a friend? But is it like a lifelong friend? Is it like a friend she's had for like a couple of years? Like, what is the context? Because like, yeah, I don't huh. But, like, okay, in 2015, she writes, like, it's called a confession, Confessions of a Seductress or something. And she says that she's basically, like, addicted to love. And she has these short-lived relationships that last, like, a short amount of time and then moves on and doesn't have, like, a day without being, like, in a relationship. A whole day? So Homegirl has a problem. She does. No offense. But in Eat, Pray, Love, she went for, like, a few weeks without... A few weeks. I mean... <laughs> Or months. No, because it was a whole year. She was away for a year. She didn't do anything with anyone. Even that cute guy, he ended up being with that other girl, so she never did the diddly. And plus that, you know, that old Italian lady was like, hey, no funny business on my house. You know? <laughs> so, like... I think she's just a love addict. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of love happening. Was it because that was her break from love? She was just like, hmm. I don't know. It seems like I don't understand what that means. So it's not the same as a sex addict, though. I mean, it's kind of, except that sex is replaced with love. Hmm. But I think, like, you know, not to say what Elizabeth Gilbert needs right now, because <laughs> I don't know her personally. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of her book, Big Magic. She's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um... I would say maybe she needs to eat, pray, and love again and go to three other places to find herself. The movie Just could saying. be called like Addicted to Love and then the song that plays would be like, Might as well face it, you're addicted to love. But what do the you think? Florence and the Machine cover. <gasps> yes. Oh, the Florence and the Machine. You're right. That ties Woo! all together. <laughs> well, we solved it. <laughs> <sighs> so, okay. Final thoughts on Eat, Pray, Love. I think you know my thoughts. I mean, it was all right. Like I, I'm glad to have watched it. So now I'm. I feel like I've caught up with the people, but I don't know. It's a little late. So I'm like, hmm. Like it doesn't have the. I don't know. I wonder if I would have been impacted more at the time because of the all the crazy marketing or something and being in that. Because I I went through a phase two of go like reading the secret and all that stuff. And I mean, I do believe in the power of attraction, but I don't think it's like. I don't know. I kind of have different, but you know what I mean. I'm not like it's tied to those beliefs so strongly. You think in 2010 you'd be like hard gripping onto your you pray love I, prayer I'd be beads? Like, I've got to go somewhere. Like I have to go now. She's so right. Like I would just have the instinct. Like I would be like, 
I probably wouldn't actually be able to travel anywhere like that, but I probably would feel the need a lot more and the wanting and I'd be kind of like, I don't know, frustrated, but eh. I don't think the film was good, but I feel like the idea that like you should find yourself and you shouldn't put up with things that are no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. and having that courage to move on and move to the next step and try something new and take a chance yeah which i get that's like a very privileged thing too like a lot of people can't just travel to italy and eat all the pizza but i think like the mindset of like doing things for yourself and not being like thrown into relationship and relationship and relationship like being able to stand on your own two feet and just, like, find love when it comes to you. I think that's a beautiful thing. Hmm. And now, loving yourself, too. Yeah. And loving yourself. Like, not being reliant on those things. Yeah. Having love be, like, an additive. Mm-hmm. Not something that's, like, an all-encompassing, like, you have to be your own person. Yeah. So, you have to find the little simple things that bring you joy in life. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of good takeaways from this film. And it, it kind of just, it makes me kind of want to read the book a bit to see, like, I feel like the book is probably better and like there's probably Same. more deeper messages. Maybe you feel a little more connected to it because like the film was just okay. I was like, eh. I wasn't like as impressed like this. I don't know. I had higher expectations, I guess, for the film because it was such, I just remember it being like a huge deal for some reason. Like maybe just because it's Julie Roberts face on everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, the, the book was huge. Yeah. I think it's Brian or Ryan Murphy brainwash. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm glad I watched it and got to see what it was about, you know? Makes you think about life a little. I agree. But, um, you know, this yeah. is our last uh, okay, I was Pray, Love, and Stomach. Yeah, I feel like what would be so fun is to rank all of the movies we watched so far. So, I have my rankings here. Go first. Do you want me to give you... Yeah, give me them. I'm ready. For me, I'm going to say number one's Pretty Woman. Number two... I'm going to say my best friend's wedding, though I feel like Notting Hill is also up there. So they're kind of interchangeable, two or three. I don't know. I haven't. I know I was like, I set this in stone. I can't, it's very difficult because those two are so good for different reasons. Um, For three, I would say Aaron Brockovich because it's such a good performance. Um, Renry Bride is four because you know how I feel about that. But it is above Eat, Pray, Love because, well, because of all the horseback riding. <laughs> And Elliot Stabler. So that's like points that I, I personally give it for enjoyability for me. Um, also like Hector Alexander, Elizondo Hive. You know, he's in the movie. How bad can it really be? Exactly. Oh, my God. If you put Hector Elizondo in Eat, Pray, Love, it would have been like so much better. But instead of Katut, it's just like <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, he's like the spiritual guru. In full like Joe leather jacket from the Princess Diaries. That's what I was thinking. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, what would you rank them? Love it. Okay, can I start from worst to best? Okay, yeah. Okay, number five is Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> number six is also Runaway Bride. What, it's wait, not number the six? same as yours. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, are we- I can't count. Um, number five is Eat, Pray, Love. Mm -hmm. Four? No, it's six. Is it five or- No, there's okay. five. Anyways, Eat, Pray, Love, then Runaway Bride. Um. And then Aaron Brockovich, which are the same as yours, I'm aware. But 
I did really enjoy Brockovich. It's just not like a classic with a capital C. I know what you're saying. Um, number three, I think that's the number. Um, Pretty Woman. I knew it. <laughs> uh, I love that movie, but Pretty Woman. And it's hard. It's so fucking hard. But My Best Friend's Wedding. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Maybe, is it six? Hold on. Can I not count? <laughs> it's six. I put three on here twice. <laughs> and Nikki, you rolled with it. It's okay. You know it was six all along, and then when I said five, you're like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, but I was just ending you. Thank you, but oh, my God. I feel so silly. I put... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, my number one is Notting Hill, but it was really hard because my best friend's wedding has such a special place in my heart, and that ending makes me, in my soul, so happy. Yes. And Rupert Everett in that role makes me so happy, but Notting Hill because Hugh Grant... Julia Roberts, just in London, and also the scene at the press junket made me actually laugh out loud. So, you know, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Oh, my God. Yes. That's awesome. I kind of knew I knew that would be your rankings in a way. But that's funny that we both like (laughs) we're kind of like have similar feelings about my best friend's wedding and then completely feel the same way about the others because it's like. Yeah. We know what belongs on the bottom. I think, like, you know how time is sometimes wrong? Yeah. Like, we look it back and, um, you know, what's the word? In retrospect, have this retrospective where we're like, ah, oh, Josie and the Pussycats was a low-key masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like with, like, Julia Roberts movies, no, time is right. <laughs> time Time knows. Yeah. What do you mean? Like the critics at the time, what they were saying? Or what are you trying to do? Like, I think like My Best Friend's Wedding, Notting Hill, and Pretty Woman are revered as some of the best romantic comedies of all time. And they are. And they are. Yeah. Runaway Bride, not so much. We forgot about that one for a long while, and now we know why. Yeah. And then like, no one remembers Eat, Pray, Love even more than they don't remember Runaway Bride. And Aaron Brockovich is good. Kind of mid- but good. Good, yeah. But also, it's like, you don't remember it. But I do remember every day is a winding road at the end. Yeah. That's going to stick with me forever. I mean, her performance was so good in that and powerful. Like, it's like, I don't know. It definitely is up there. It's just like, because she's like the romantic uh, comedy queen, it's mm-hmm. like you have to put those movies a little higher than, Air- you know. You have to. You have also, to. like, Aaron Brockovich is literally like a vehicle to give Julia Roberts the Oscar. Yeah. It's just, it, like, served that purpose and to be, like, the very cute movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it for that. Same. Two thumbs up. <laughs> but. Um, well, this was so much fun. I really enjoyed eating, praying, and potting with you. I really enjoyed starving, <laughs> um, raging. <laughs> And hating with you as well. Yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, podcasting. Yes. So. Hundo P. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. You can um, contact us. You can email us at the late to the party pod at gmail.com with movie suggestions or, you know, just general comments. You know, what's your favorite Julia Roberts movie? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Do you guys love Eat, Pray, Love? 
Yeah, I mean, are we missing something here? Are we in the wrong? I did don't know. Did you buy the Eat, Pray, Love World Market collab? Yeah, did you get those prayer beads? Um, That's what I really want to know. You can also slide into our DMs at the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram or LTTP Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And let's let's do it up. But thank you so much again for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye.